Hey everybody, welcome back to the One's Ready Podcast. You're in the team room. You've got Aaron and I, and we wanted to talk to you about uh, a few things that really we have kind of lived the entire time within Special Operations. And Special Operations Command has what they call soft truths or Special Operations Force truths. Uh, and it's kind of the the mantra that all of us try and, and live by and aspire to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to hop on into each one of them and, and give you some details on kind of what they are and what our perspectives are on them. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, enjoy. All right, everybody. Let's talk about soft truth number one, and that is humans are more important than hardware. And I think, I mean, that, that probably goes without saying, right? You, you mm -hmm. shouldn't need to say it, but it is, uh, especially when you start talking about acquisitions of equipment, aircraft, ships, all that kind of stuff. Um, people get really annoyed, focused on the kind of technology. Like, I, I need this piece of kit. I need this. Um, you know, we, we've got to acquire this new plane or else we're not going to be able to fight or be effective in wars. And although some of that is probably true in, in, in some regards, um, as a holistically, that is not the case because the humans or the people are what is important. Um, you know, the, the skill level, the level of training, the adaptability, the, the credibility, um, is so important because though the humans are the ones that are whether it's driving the ships or the boats or, or flying the planes or the ones that are out on the ground doing operations those are the people or those are the the common denominator if you will that has to be the most important right so directly from socom.mil so the soft truths there are five of them we're talking about soft truth number one and by the way these are special operations forces truths but these can apply to everybody in every walk of life like if you just took these and you kind of if you're just a straight up civilian maybe you're working at a firehouse maybe you're working at a police station maybe you're working uh you know in a factory somewhere you can apply these truths across all platforms right so straight from socom.mil Humans are more important than hardware. People, not equipment, make the critical difference. The right people, highly trained and working as a team, will accomplish the mission with the equipment available. On the other hand, the best equipment in the world cannot compensate for a lack of the right people. So if you just think about what that says, that was a really clear explanation. Like, go figure, SOCOM threw some money into really diving down into these soft trees, right? But what Peaches said is exactly correct. Until we have... AI robots that can conduct warfare without a human, which is never going to happen, by the way, until we have, you know, that human is the number one thing that you have to focus on. That's why they put it first, right? So humans are more important than the hardware for a couple different reasons. And if you think about it, it's a good and a bad thing, right? Because in every single event, good, bad, or indifferent, human error will play a role. Humans interacting with one another, humans making their own decisions in real time, they will have an impact on the battlefield going forward. So humans are more important than hardware. You know, we're going to talk about what SOCOM has done to focus on the human from psychology to nutrition to working out to the way that we actually employ our forces. Soft has to focus. We have to focus on humans first because it is the most critical part in every single one of these chains. What are some of the changes that you've seen in SOCOM for the the continued focus on humans being more important than hardware, good, bad, or indifferent. I think the the number one 
thing that I've noticed anyway um, is the the POTA for the preservation of the force in the family. I think that's the the biggest program and the biggest kind of shift that I've seen since since I originally came in. Um, just because we didn't have that program, that that mm-hmm. program I think was 2011 or 2012 is when it kind of got stood up. Maybe a little bit earlier than that, but it's a you know it's a congressionally funded and mandated program. Maybe not mandated, but it's a congressionally funded program um, that special operations really wanted to get after. And, you know, we had Matt Parrish on, who was the senior enlisted for the the SOCOM POTIF program. But I mean, you're talking about putting strength coaches, physical therapists, psychologists, chaplains, um, flight docs, uh, occupational therapists, like there's a, a massive team. I say massive, but it's, it's a, a sizable team that is it each and every special operations units from the air force to, to Navy, to army, to Marines, like, and they are there to not just take the 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 human the the operators and and their support functions as well because they're not mm-hmm. they're not solely for the operators everybody in that unit and they are there to help get them focused on the mission uh, have the ability to conduct the mission and make sure that they're prepped to head out the door at any time um you know it, it, and it's pretty incredible too because i i remember you know whether it was at the two two or the two three you know you could you could have they are typically co-located with us in the kind of human performance facility and you know somebody's bench pressing or somebody's squatting and and something pops or something just kind of just tweaks a little bit and it's like oh all right that ain't right let me just literally walk right over to the sports therapist and and get seen and worked on it it's incredible or you have a you have a freaking bad day you know, something, something happens, you know, somebody in your family gets super sick or you get some bad news or, or, you know, God forbid there's a, a death down range or, or something like that or suicide in the unit. And now, you know, your, your chaplains and your, um, occupational therapists and your psychologists all put in a whole lot of work, a lot of hours, uh, trying to get everybody right. Yeah. My favorite story about this and you, you know, her, so Jenna, what's up? Shout out. She's the, the world's strongest air uh <laughs> squadron was it squadron air crew resource management sarm so essentially like handle you know personnelist type function that handles all of our records and stuff jenna is awesome she's also a beast in the gym i my favorite story about this it's not my favorite because she got hurt because so spoiler <laughs> alert she hurt herself but the exact thing that you're mentioning happened so she's doing a really heavy sled push and i'm talking she was pushing more than 400 pounds so it was a, you know, 400 pound sled push. She's pushing, you know, she's about three fourths of the way through. She takes a longer step than she should have and immediately pop. And we all knew what happened. She, she blew her Achilles out and we were just like, Oh no. From the time that that happened to the time that she was on a table in a game ready with her pain appropriately managed and no kidding. The, the psych doc was sitting next to her talking about how she was feeling. It was about five minutes. She had a PJ that was on right away that figured out, you know, what happened. Like we saw it happen and three of us were like, oh, crap. We got her to the training room. We got her elevated. The doc was working out at the same time. Like we're like, hey, doc, come over here. And he looked and he was like, hey, let me place a few calls. They were expecting her. She was in surgery the next day. And that happened inside the building in the course of about 10 minutes. And it was uh, one of the most astounding things. So to frame everybody there was this time back in the day when peaches and i grew up you couldn't even get your own physical done in your own building 
you would have to go to the clinic and then you'd have to go to the hearing lab and then you'd have to go back to the pharmacy and then you'd have to go do all this other stuff. And there was no way for you to even get your, your flight physical done. And this is stuff that you had to do, whatever. And then they classified us as a weapon system. And I distinctly remember, I want to say it was around 2000, I want to say 2010 to 2012, but it was during that time because I remember people scoffing at it. Yeah. We all thought, we all thought we're like, that is a great idea. You know, the A-10 weapon system, what does that come with? It comes with maintenance. It comes with maintainers. It comes with specialists that work on it. It has a whole program that is actually funded. Before this, I remember Vegas, we used to have this prison gym that was just out. It was outside. It was underneath an overhang, but it was, you know, it's Vegas. It's 115 degrees. Weights were rusted. There was no real guys would just do, you know, whatever, you know, to get ready for the PT test and what we thought was important for the job. That all started to change when now Vegas's gym is a world-class gym. They have half an octagon in their gym. They have a huge case band that they work out in. And they have actual strength and conditioning coaches taking you through those durability programs to elongate your life as an operator. You know, just to, to your credit, Peaches, like great explanation of just being able to use all of those things. And it's at your fingertips. It's no kidding. You walk into one room and, you, you know, do I need to talk to the family life counselor? You know, we have one of those in the building. Do I need to talk to the chaplain? The tutu has chaplain assistance now mm -hmm. where you can get with a chaplain, get with a chaplain assistant. You can go talk to the psych doc. If you're having a bad day, you can go get PT, you know, worked on. If you, you tweak your shoulder or, or whatever you do that during your work day, it's more efficient. But the fact is, is we're focusing on humans because the humans are more important than the hardware, right? What are some of those pieces of hardware that you, you know, I, I, I Think of like the ATAC, right? Like people have become so accustomed to using the ATAC and the next program and the next widget. How, why, why do we think that that hardware is so, because people look from the outside in and they're like, oh, you're using this new system. You're using this new piece of equipment. While it is important, right? Why do you think people get so fixated on those pieces of, you know, technology? Oh, because it's cool. It's exciting. And it's, it makes your life and your job more efficient. Right. And that, and that's what we should be. And there's nothing wrong with efficiency. We should make, if the whole, the whole saying humans are more important than the hardware doesn't mean that I shouldn't look for efficiencies. I shouldn't use technology. That's not what that's saying. It's just saying that, um, you know, without me, that ATAC would not be effective. Right. So, and, and if I don't have the training to, know how to work the inner workings of that ATAC. If, and we're using that at the most simplest terms, right? If, sure. if I don't know the inner workings and I'm not trained on how to work that ATAC or even some of the little kind of gotchas, some of the, like, oh, well, well, this, this isn't working now. My, my video downlink isn't working. Oh, well, that's because I need to go back in here and select this plugin and then mm -hmm. change some of the settings and now it'll work. Like you can't just figure that out. You've got to know at least some level of training within that to to make it function and make it work effectively. So um the like I said, the common denominator is the human. So and then when that ATAC dies from from you know the battery being discharged, now it's up to me and map and compass and protractor. So oh, yeah. I've I've got to be, you know, it making that was a big um, 
maybe it wasn't a, a big step, but it was definitely a mental shift when when we did say, hey, the operators are the weapon system. Mm-hmm. Instead of, hey, the F-16, the F-35, is it, that is the weapon system. It, for us, the human is the weapon system. So it just, it, it's a mind shift. It also program, programmatically creates a different line of funding and all that kind of stuff too. So there's, you know, there's other things that are kind of nerdy with that <laughs> that nobody really cares about. If you start talking about colors of money right now, no, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not going to start I'm, talking about MP4, MP11, I'm MFP. Out. Yeah, I'm <laughs> out, baby. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, directly from the soft truths, you know, you hit it right on the head. The right people, highly trained and working as a team, will accomplish a min- will accomplish the mission with the equipment available. And that it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I just got done. I don't know why, but I started reading a bunch of books about, you know, the very first days in Afghanistan, right? So Operation Jawbreaker, I read Alone at Dawn, you know, reading through the, um, the DeGuayo um, from Scott Zastro, you know, a bunch of these books and people were out there, you know, Will Markham, um, you know, Chief Markham was out there calling like off of like Talon Point and a map and like just a laser rangefinder. Like people, people mm-hmm. are like, what are you doing? And, you know, you, you talk about that now and you look back on it, you're like, how did they do that? You know, they're triangulating off of a non-moving thing. Like the, the process that they were using was yeah. ridiculous and they were highly effective doing it, but that's the point, right? A highly trained team working together using the equipment available will be successful. And, and the special operations truce, number one, humans more important than hardware, just give the team what they need and they'll make it happen. That doesn't mean give them everything. That doesn't mean the right piece of equipment. It doesn't mean the end all be all. There's never going to be a widget that solves warfare. There just isn't. The team is going to solve warfare and they're going to do it with whatever equipment. And we've seen it a million times. You know, I, I love, you know, the story about uh, a train up that I was on for one of the North Carolina teams. So you're there and they gave us this, this complex problem, right? This, you know, there was a, a car that was just absolutely crushed and they put it on top of it. There were patients inside and there was no way to access it. And we have all this really cool equipment, right? Like lift bags and, you know, ways to, you know, the jaws uh, can be used to lift cars and cut stuff apart. My, you know, a good PJ friend of mine named Jared, we walked up and he looked at the problem for about two seconds. He goes, Hey, everybody get in on me right now. Help me flip this car over. And there was like 10 dudes, right? We didn't use a single piece of equipment. He was like, right now, everybody just deadlift and rip this car off the ground. And we accessed the patients. And the instructors were like, you used, we have to see that you know how to use the lift bag as part of the scenario. So you're going to have to do that for us. But they were like, great idea there. Again, that's a great example. You know, we had all the equipment in the world. We had everything at our fingertips. But really what it was is highly trained operators that were problem solving, working as a team. Mm -hmm. And that's why humans are more important than hardware. We're all, the human is always going to be able to figure that out. The team is going to be able to figure that out. And luckily within within AFSOC, within SOCOM, and now the larger force to their credit is starting to realize, let's invest in the human. Let's make mm-hmm. the human smarter, better, harder to kill, mentally stable, financially secure, physically and spiritually sound, you know, like let's make them the most stable that they can be. And they're going to go do great things regardless of the equipment. Yep. Uh, I was, I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what I was, uh, you know, it, the same translation of me working on an ATAC is the same as, as a Viper driver or a Strike Eagle driver. Like, yeah, that, that plane or that ship or that boat is the weapon system. But of course, it's it's only as good as the folks that are that are operating it. 
Yep. So we gotta we gotta focus on them. They're winning important. Hell yeah. Well, we hope you guys enjoy these shorter ones. We're going to go through all the soft truths, so make sure you tune in. We're going to go through soft truth two and then all the way through five. But this is soft truth one. Remember, humans, more important than hardware. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Tap that notification bell. Just ask it to tell you when we're posting and just caress it. Just give it a little bit of something. And uh, make sure to leave a comment. Comments help the algorithm out. So we appreciate you. See you next time for soft truth two. Yep. Thank you.